have much of my human strength with me today um, or from the week of sickness I've had. So pretty much what I'm going to bring today is just what Jesus has placed in my heart. And it's just him and, and his desires for what he wants to, I know, birth through this sermon series in us in the lead up to the carol services. And I'm actually going to read something. You know, when Liam was just saying there about inviting people, I spent some time praying, maybe last week, about the 23rd carol services. And God so impressed on my heart and made me so emotional, actually, about family members that would be saved at these carol services. I was crying. I was crying for family members that you will bring along, that will know Jesus Christ at these carol services, that there is power in bringing your family members along to this. And there was a real thing around family members, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, mums, dads, grandmas, and grandpas, that will be saved at these carol services. But it takes you stepping out. It takes you being like, this is important. And when I was praying, and I was praying and, and thinking about this sermon series, Prepare the Way. And I was wondering about, you know, this moment, like, we're three and a bit weeks out from Christmas. Yep, <laughs> oh, that's scary. Um, we're three and a bit weeks out from Christmas. But I was like, think about this moment when it was three and a bit weeks out from when Jesus was about to be born. It was three and a bit weeks until the savior of the world is about to come. And you're just going to cry because the Christmas story actually makes me so emotional. Because, and I wrote this down, I'll read it to you because I hope it will prepare your heart for this sermon. And I wrote down, God's redemption love story was about to break through to earth. What was known by heaven was about to be known by earth. No more one-off moments with God. No more only certain people having access to God. Every single person throughout the entire history of earth was about to gain the opportunity to experience the fullness of God. Know him. Be with him. Talk to him. Hear from him. Be changed by him. Be loved by him. Be filled by him, be saved by him, have access to him, have their eternity safe with him. The king was on his way. The king was nearly here. Not with earthly pomp and celebration. He quietly was born in a stable in Bethlehem. But let me tell you, the heavens were kicking off and exploding with praise. Heaven birthed its saviour. It birthed its salvation plan. The eternity of all changed as Jesus was born. The salvation plan was about to be in action. Three and a bit weeks out. Three and a bit weeks out. And our Savior King was nearly here. So when I was praying about this sermon series, Prepare the Way, God led me to that passage that Liam shared in Mark, where he instructs him, prepare the way, prepare the way. And firstly, I got a bit irritated at God when I was planning the Christmas series, and he took me to the gospel that doesn't have any of the Christmas story in it. I was like, what? But he impressed on my heart. Actually, in the lead up to this birth of Jesus, there were so many things going on to prepare the way for the entrance of our Savior into the world. 
How did people prepare? How had history prepared? How had the heavens prepared? This wasn't just a little moment, an accident. Uh, Oh, there we go. There's the plan in action. Huge, deep, heavenly preparation went into this Christmas story. This is not just a nice moment we celebrate. It is a preparation of God, of the salvation plan for all the people on earth. It has been prepared. It has been thought about. It has been instructed upon. It has been prepared. God prepared the way for his son to enter the world. And it made me think, you know, what can we learn from what God did to prepare the way for the entrance of Jesus into the world? What can we learn from what he did? What can we take from that so that we can, in turn, help prepare the way for the entrance of Jesus Christ into other people's worlds? And that's what I want these three weeks to stir up within us, leading to the 23rd. What are we doing to prepare the way for the entrance of the Savior, Jesus Christ, into people's worlds, just as God in all his fullness, majesty, planning, detail, wisdom, insight, and knowledge, prepared the way for his son, Jesus Christ, to enter the world so that we could have eternal salvation. Christmas is not a cute, nice, fuzzy time. Christmas is the starting point that has changed our destinies. Without it, we don't have a salvation plan. The birth of Jesus Christ was the start of our salvation. And so we're going to look at a number of ways over these next few weeks about how God prepared the way for the entrance of Jesus into the world and what we can learn from that. And the first one that I'm going to look at today um, is maybe a little bit different, um, but I was just really curious about it. Because it's a funny bit in the Bible where we might sometimes look at it and go, oh, that's interesting, but, you know, I don't really know what that means. And I'm just going to skim past it because, you know, I don't know. I'm going to look at the genealogy of Jesus uh, in the book of Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 1 from verses 1 to 18, and hear this, I am not about to read all these names um, because that is way too much for me and my energy levels right now. Um, But it says this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then literally, all these names, (laughs) if you don't have your Bible. And it ends, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. So there's a whole list of names. There's a whole list of names here in the genealogy of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read that bit in the Bible, I'm like, that's cool, but why is it there? (laughs) Why did you decide to include this whole list of random names that are really hard to pronounce, and we're not really sure who all of them are? And why is it there? Like, what is the purpose of putting that in there? And I have to always remember that nothing is wasted in the Bible. Nothing's wasted. There's always something for us, for us to learn from every single part of the Bible. 
And today I want us to look at how history prepared the way for Jesus. How history, how his genealogy, his ancestry prepared the way for him. And what we're going to look at is how actually the genealogy of Jesus prepared the way for the Savior to enter the world. Because it prepared the way by giving us a glimpse into some of the characteristics that were to be in the Savior King that was coming. His ancestry shows us actually what Christ was going to be like. It prepared the way. It readied people. It prepares us for what Jesus is going to be like. And I believe that we can learn from this how then we can help prepare the way for others to encounter Jesus. And so I'm just going to dive straight on in. Ooh. With the... <laughs> I feel like my head is a bit all over the place, but hey, we're going for it. I know Jesus has spoken these words because, you know, I can't get these from a list of names. This is definitely heaven inspired. Um, so I believe that this genealogy of Jesus, the first thing that it can show us about the characteristic of Jesus, character, something about Jesus is his faithfulness. You see, this genealogy shows us how Christ is going to be the faithful saviour. Because this genealogy is actually the recording of the fulfilment of promises and prophecies of God. It is not just a list of random names. It shows and lays out that God keeps his promises. He keeps his promises and words that he has spoken to his people. You see, he said it would come from the house of David. And this genealogy sets out how God then kept that promise that he birthed the saviour of the world from the house of David. And so it gives us an insight into how actually Christ the Saviour, therefore, will be faithful as well. And what I'm going to do is show us the characteristic it shows out us about Jesus, what it says in the genealogy to demonstrate that. But then the important point is what we are then going to take and enact in our worlds to then show Jesus to others and help prepare the way for them to encounter Jesus into their worlds. Just like this genealogy shows us the faithfulness of Christ and shows that God keeps his promises and is the recording of his promises and how he keeps his promises to people. We therefore in turn as our action should record when he moves in our lives. We should record when he moves in our lives. God found it just as important to include and record Jesus' genealogy as he did his birth and death. It's just as important. It's no less important. So that shows me something. The recording of God's promises is important. And my challenge to you is to record when God moves in your lives. Because, you know, this will help prepare the way for others in your world. Because when they ha you have conversations with them, you have something that you can then go, but God fulfilled this promise to me. Do you ever have those moments where they're like, yeah, but okay, what's your Jesus like? Or why should I become a Christian? And if you've recorded when God has moved, you'll be able to trip things off the end of your tongue without even having to think about it. You won't have that moment of, uh, well, you know, he died and he rose again and, you know, just like get a bit stumped. You've got things at your fingertips. You've got things to share with people. Record when God moves in your life. Did you get healed? Write it down. Did you feel peace in a storm? Write it down. Did you get a miracle like fulfilled? Write it down. You know, last week when we prayed for miracles and I said about someone who'd lost their purse and Holly in here had put her hand up. She's serving in kids today. But she told me today that on the very next day, she got all her things back to her. 
all her things that she'd lost that week, she got back to her. And I've encouraged her, record that. Because when she ends up in a conversation and she's inviting someone to church, instead of just taking a piece of paper to someone, instead of just going, oh, here you go, this is going on, you might want to come. You go, hey, do you want to come to this? And I've actually, I've got a really cool story to tell you about how church has helped me and changed my life. It's not just about doing uh, easy, just pin it on a notice board and hand it out like here, there and everywhere. Take a story with your invitation. That's what my heart is through these points, is actually to help you invite people that entices them into church more. Because we all know we can get handed out leaflets and we'll probably think twice about going to whatever we're handed, right? You know, on the street and you're given things or if someone invites you, you're like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll think about coming, i.e. probably not going to come. But if someone invites you somewhere and they've got a story to tell about why it's going to change your life, about why it's actually going to make a difference to you. That invitation is suddenly a whole lot more appealing. That invitation suddenly prepares the way for that person a whole lot more when you've got a recorded story to tell of how God has moved in your life and kept his promises to you. So that's the first point with your invites. Record when he moves in your life and have stories ready to tell when you're inviting someone. Secondly, this genealogy shows us the supremacy of Christ. You see, in Jesus' genealogy, it has a lot of younger brothers in it, which actually went against the cultural practice um, of the older ones usually getting the inheritance and the title, and therefore being the ones that would be in the genealogy. His genealogy went against the cultural practice, showing that actually God's will is supreme. His will is supreme, and actually, therefore, his son, his savior that was about to be birthed on the earth, he would be supreme. His ways would be supreme. Jesus would have the supremacy when he came. This is what this genealogy prepared the world to see and know about Jesus. No matter what cultural practices are going on, no matter what the world says, Jesus is above it all. His ways are above it all. Jesus is supreme above it all, no matter what the world is saying. And so my action point for you, after you've recorded what God has done in your life, submit to the ways of God. Submit to the ways of God because Jesus Christ is supreme. And let me tell you, when you choose to submit to the ways of God and how the Bible has asked you to live your life, you will notice that it prepares the ways for conversations about Jesus in your worlds. When I worked at the National Trust, I had many conversations about Jesus at work. But one of the things that came up most frequently, which always made me laugh, um, was when people would swear or blaspheme around me. They'd always apologize. It would be like, oh, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And actually, it's really weird. Without me preaching at them, Without me saying don't do that, just me submitting to living my life to the way of Jesus has asked me to, the culture of my workplace was changing. And it prepared the way for me to have conversations with people about Jesus. Because they're suddenly like, well, wait, how come you don't swear? Or how come you don't say that? Or how come you don't join in in the gossip? Let me tell you, if you it is so powerful when you stand up to gossip. 
and you choose to submit to the way of Christ and how he has asked you to live your life. Because you change an atmosphere and you change something and you then demonstrate that actually Christ is supreme in your life. It's not just a hobby you attend on a Sunday morning. It actually changes how you live. And let me tell you, that will initiate preparing the way with an invitation. If they see a difference in you, they will be more enticed by this. If they don't see anything different, they will not be as enticed by this. Because why? Why would they get up early on a Sunday morning for nothing to change in their life? If they still see you worrying when you have access to the God who says, do not worry. If they still see you fretting and stuck in the same old sin, gossiping, speaking just maybe not very nicely to people. If they don't see kindness in you or joy, even if it's a bad day, this invitation holds less power. When you are submitted to the way of God, and when you live submitted to the way of God, your invitation will hold more power because they will see something different in you and they will see something that is enticing. Not just the same old invite to another Christmas event that's going to take up time. Actually, you know, that person from my work invited me and I've noticed that they're always really peaceful and actually they've always got joy and actually they've always got a kind word to say to me and actually they've always offered to pray for me. So actually, maybe I will go. Maybe I'll go to this event over some, you know, otherworldly event because that person who invited me has something different about them. We could be like every other Christmas event that's going on all around this area. But how we choose to live our lives, how we choose to submit to Christ, who we are as his sons and daughters, that will make the difference in our invitations. So secondly, submit to the ways of God. And the third way that what this genealogy shows us about Christ is the love and redemption found in Christ. You know, in the genealogy of Jesus, there are all sorts of different people used in the line to Jesus. There are two women who were outsiders to Israel. You know, they weren't part of the chosen people. There are two adulteresses in this. There are people who weren't like, you know, the the noble or the good or the like done everything right in their lives kind of people. Let me tell you, the genealogy of Jesus is like a whole heap of people who messed up and got things wrong and did things they shouldn't have done. And it was all a bit messy. But what I love about this is that they chose to include it in the Bible. History wasn't glossed over or hidden in shame. And I love to me that this shows that just anyone can be written into history with Jesus, no matter what he can redeem. And that's what about that point in his genealogy, that all these messed up people were used in the line to the savior of the world. He didn't just choose the ones who got it all right and were of a certain standing in society. He used all these different kinds of people, people who messed up and got it so wrong. But he redeemed them. He still used them. And to me, it speaks of Jesus and his love and redemption that can be found in him. So my third point for working on alongside inviting people, when you've recorded what God has done 
and you've got stories to share and you've submitted to the ways of God and are living how he has asked you to live, then you must share your story, warts and all. Share your story, warts and all. Because this doesn't hide it. This genealogy, when you start looking into the people and what they did and who they were, it doesn't hide it. It doesn't cover it up in shame. Please, please don't live in shame about some of your history. Please don't live in shame about something from your past. Please share your story with people, warts and all. Because by sharing it with all the messiness, all the rubbish from whatever has gone on in your lives, you show Christ's power. You show Christ's redemption. You show Christ's love. You don't just show, here I am, I arrived like this, I'm wonderful and perfect and all my ways are great now. You actually show, no, you know what, actually I was messed up and actually I did struggle with this and actually I was like this. But it was Christ's love, Christ's redemption, his salvation in me that changed me. And it is so powerful when you share your story, warts and all. When you are willing to drop the pride, when you are willing to say, I'm not perfect. When you are willing to say, I've struggled with something, but Christ has helped me. It prepares the way for people to encounter Jesus. Again, at my workplace at the National Trust, and I'm not saying this to be like, look at me, but to encourage you, because I know the majority of you will be in non-Christian workplaces where sometimes it can be hard. But I was once chatting with, um, he was actually the head gardener, <laughs> and I was chatting with him, and I can't even remember how he got onto it, but he said this line like, you just, you just seem so at peace with everything. You just seem, you know, so just self-assured. And I was like, here's my, here's my entrance. I was like, let me tell you, I did not start like this. Let me tell you. And I sat down and told him, do you know what? I was insecure. I struggled with jealousy. I did have low self-confidence. I did compare myself to other people. I did struggle with pride. I shared the warty bits of my story. I shared the bits that could, I could have hidden and been ashamed about. And thought, oh, I don't want people to think I was actually prideful and struggle with jealousy because that's disgusting. But I shared it because we're all going to have stuff. And I encourage you. And when I shared it with him, and I was like, because then I got to say, you know, in, in this National Trust little office tea room, I then got to say, but giving my life to Jesus changed those things. Giving my life to Jesus changed those things. And yes, those things still might rear their ugly heads from time to time. But I have a savior who changes them in me. I have a savior who helps those things in me. And I can't begin to tell you the incredible conversations that I then continue to have with him because I was open and chose to share my story in that way. Not just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well. <laughs> and just, you know, gloss over and everything's fine, like we Brits can maybe sometimes do. Share your story. What hurts in your past have you been redeemed of? You know, I know, I know hurts in my past that I've been so redeemed of that if I didn't share, wouldn't unlock a gate for others to experience that freedom as well. What things have you struggled with in the past that now Jesus has actually helped 
you overcome. Tell the redemptive power of Jesus. Share it. Share your story. So in preparing the way, in inviting people to the 23rd, yes, we will invite and we will use these. But actually, if we choose to carry out these actions and learn from the genealogy of Jesus about how we can demonstrate Christ's character in our worlds, we will reach out. Sorry, I was just reading. It didn't make sense what I was reading. I'm just going to read it. By doing these things, as you reach out and invite, you're giving people who don't know Christ an expectation of what they can experience if they accepted Jesus into their worlds. You're preparing them for what it's like to know Jesus and be in a relationship with him. So I encourage you, these three weeks leading up to the carol service, will you dig in even more in how you are living your life as a Christian on this earth, in your workplace and in your family? Will you record some of the promises and share them with someone? Maybe just one this week. Will you look at an area of your life and go, actually, I need to submit to the ways of Christ in that area of my life. And actually, no matter how awkward it gets at work, when I want to be dragged into that conversation or dragged into talking about this, I'm not going to. And thirdly, will you share your story, warts and all, to the people around you? And as you do that, you will reveal the faithfulness, the supremacy, the love and the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, our Savior, which is who we are preparing the way for so that others can know him in their worlds. I'm just going to pray for us to him. Jesus, you are our king. You are our king, and without you, we are nothing. As we sang at the beginning when we said, we'll give you all the glory. I pray for every single person in this room that that would be the cry of their heart and their lives. That they wouldn't cry out, I'll give people the glory. I'll worry about what people think of me. I'll follow the pattern of the world. No. Jesus, we will be a church and we will be a children of God that give you all the glory with our words, how we live our lives and what we share about you to others around us. And Lord Jesus, I pray you help every single person here in their weeks to have at least one conversation where they share something that you've done in their lives. May a characteristic of you, Jesus, shine through them that entices people to know you. May they be stirred in their heart to prepare the way for others to accept you into their worlds. May they realize that the people around them are their mission field and maybe the people around them they are their only hope. 
You were placed where you are for a reason. Why not use your position to prepare the way for people to encounter Jesus? Use these things that we've learned today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you strengthen us. You embolden us. You give us a passion and a desire to do this. I pray against the lie that speaks to people that's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not evangelistic like that. That's not me. Because it's up to all of us to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you raise our passion and you realize how important this is for showing people who Jesus is to entice them into getting to know you so that maybe, just maybe, the 23rd of December is the one. Maybe that's the one for your brother. Maybe that's the one for your dad. Maybe that's the one for your cousin. Maybe that's the one for your work colleague. Maybe that's the one for your daughter. Maybe that's the one for a friend who's struggling. Maybe that's the one for your neighbor that you always say hi to but don't really build a relationship with. Maybe that's the one. Maybe the 23rd of December is the one where they will accept Jesus into their world. And so Jesus, help us. Help us to be motivated to do this, to prepare the way, to invite to get out of our comfort zone and be bold and confident in who we are as children of God in our worlds. Amen. Amen.